Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fun. The facts that will be presented are true. He's PJ. Hello there. Now, PJ, what have we learned about Shakespeare? This is a holiday! <laughs> Dark Place Robert and Playboy Alex. Doing all right. Glad to be here again. So I've given you those nicknames. I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where people will know you from. That's why you're going to know me from that one. But let's carry on. Anyway. <laughs> Hello there. Can you hear it? Join us for Shakespeare reviews, Spanish plays and poetry, rock star interviews, film reviews, dark place dreamers, and more. Patreon.com slash booksboys. Welcome back to part two with the Dean and EJ, the Books Boy. So the next book I read is called The Chanteuse from Cape Town by John Constable. And it says in the front, A Saul Nemo Murder Mystery. Oh, Lord. So this, um, Saul Nemo is a kind of detective. Well, he's not a kind of detective. He he is a detective. (laughs) Um, But he he worked initially with, so this is setting in Cape Town, right? Uh, um, right. And he originally was with SAPS, which was the police force there, but he's since left that police force. Excuse me again. What, who's who's the author? I think John, I should actually. John Constable. John Constable. So this is not a modern, and this is not a historical novel. You're going back to modern. No, this is a modern. We're going to have we have two old novels. We're about to have two brand new novels. Okay, because I didn't think Collins or Dickens would, would talk about uh, you know Cape Town. But anyway. <laughs> no, usually they don't. Usually they don't. Um, so Saul Nemo is going to try to deal with this um, murder mystery, and the way the way it comes about is he's um, got a lot of money now. He's doing well. He's got a nice house, flashy cars, you know, a nice watch, all the rest of it. He's doing quite well for himself. Um, he's not, you know, working with the police anymore or anything like that. So that's fine. And he has a friend Frank, who was a kind of almost like a father to me type uh, character. Mm-hmm. But Frank has married Mira, who is a chanteuse. She's a singer. Chanteuse. And, you know, he kind of, she's a bit younger than him and he falls in love with her when he sees her singing and it kind of comes out of nowhere and they get together. And there's a little element of, you know, do we know much about her past? No one really knows where she came Mm -hmm. from. Was she having affairs? Is her past a bit shady? And Saul's not really sure. Okay. So the book opens and we get into the action straight away. Mira is kidnapped and they want 50 million in the ransom. And Frank runs a company called Zipit, and he's a lot of other investments and a lot of property, whatever it is. He's got he's got the money if they sell things off and if they do whatever, they can get the money. So they go to a yeah. chap called Dutois to help organize all this and facilitate it, this legal chap. And he basically convinces Frank to sell his company off very cheaply to this pair mm. of brothers 
uh, and get the money because they they reckon the company was worth double or maybe more, maybe you know between double and triple what he got for it. Yeah. Um, and you know then tragedy befalls multiple characters in the book, but I'm not going to tell you which ones. Um, but Dutrois is this, you know, he's the villain. He's this arrogant kind of guy who's setting all this up. Yeah. But there's other villains that will will come about later as well. Saul, right, yeah. Saul goes in to facilitate the bargain. So he's going to do bank transfers. He says you'll get, you know, 20 now, 20 when we see Mira, and 10 when we get away safely or something like that. Um, but what happens, of course, is he says, you know, eh, it was an imperfect plan, like all these types of plans. And because it was yeah. imperfect, it fell apart. And the whole plan does not work. Um, oh, Lord. So we, we do end up with multiple tragedies, as I say, as the novel goes on. At one point, they try to kill Saul, even. They try to blow up his car. Um, when Luckily, oh, right. well, not luckily for the, the poor employee, but some guy was picking up the car to do some work on it, and he ends up getting killed instead of Saul. Um, so lucky for Saul, but but not for the, the, the poor car company guy. Um, there's also a lady, Aisha, right, who is Saul Nemo's love interest. Um, but it's kind of like a, I'm going away for a few weeks. So I'll hang out when we're when I'm back. But then I'm going away for another week or two. And he, you know, he's not really sure how into him she is, or if there is a real future. She's very distant. He doesn't know that much about her day to day life. You know, it's just okay, okay. We're together, but most of the time you're not here. Kind of situation, you know. So they're a little bit distant. Right. So you get some some personal aspects there as well. And then he goes on a hunt to find out some information about Mira to see, like, what do I know about this? How can I help my friend Frank? But also, you know, I don't trust Dutois and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And, and who tried to kill me? Who blew up my car and tried to kill me? So yeah. he becomes a kind of a rogue, you know, and he works with Saps, with the police a little bit, but he's also very standoffish and arrogant towards them because he doesn't trust them and he thinks some of the cops are actually, you know, bad guys um, disguised yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. or, or they're dirty cops or whatever it is. Um, and one of the police chiefs is also a bit of an ass. So he kind of comes up against him a lot. Um, right. It's a very good, it's a very, very good book. It's full of action. It's not that long. You know, I think it's, let me just double check about three, yeah, 300 pages, maybe a couple pages short of that, 296. And okay. It's fun. It's action-paced. I mean, a lot of the stuff that happens, by, by 60 pages in, you've already had twists and turns all over the place and, and the action massively developing. So it's it's not a book that um, you know makes you wait for content. And the next book I'm about to review is similar in that regard. Um, but yeah, if you like, you know, it's not your usual murder mystery. This isn't a closed room. This isn't an Agatha Christie, you know? It is a bit more modern. It, it's got that fast-paced action type... Um, type scenario and i would definitely recommend it so i think i liked all the books that i read this uh this month and i'll get, I'll get to the fourth one in a moment but i'm just quickly reviewing my notes to see if there's anything else to mention about this one uh, it, do, it does end with a big set piece i won't give details but a big action movie type set piece out in the nowhere and the, you know there's all this um action stuff going on at one point he makes the police meet him with on a helicopter and give them information and they go out to this guy's farm and you know and he gets you know Saul gets kidnapped and beaten and attacked and left for dead at one point so there's there's action okay. type um sequences as well and there's some really bad mafiosa types sounds a bit like better call Saul you know what I mean oh well I suppose in a way it is actually yeah yeah in a way it is um Nice. Some, some very good yeah. stuff. And there's some nice scenes where he tries to track down a friend of Mira's and he ends up dealing with mm-hmm. these people. Uh, uh, the girl was in, like, with these nuns, the girl was in a kind of refuge for a while. And then there's some, like, hmm. um, 
immigrant types that are maybe not too well off. They're running a little shop, but he tries to help them out. They've got some information from this girl. So all this stuff happens. But it turns out this poor woman, she's only a side character, so I don't remember her name. But this poor woman was attacked by her rich husband and, you know, had acid thrown on her and, and her face burnt and was just left, you know, and she's now taking refuge with the nuns and things like that. So because so she gives welds, him, because she gives some information to help him out, Saul says, you know, it your welds into the dark themes then, yeah. It the does. Book, yeah. He says, Your husband's rich, why are you not getting into the money? And just well, he's you know, I'm poor and he's got a good lawyer. So Saul takes off his oh. incredibly expensive watch and says, Sell that watch and get yourself the best lawyer you can find. And nice, you know, nice. take down your husband. So there's nice touches of darkness, but humanity, also kind of. humanity. Yeah. So yeah. And he's, he, the girl's called Reva. I've just found the notes because it says, when, when I tell Reva, she'll say she saw God in you. And he says, well, I'm embarrassed. If she does, just tell her it was nothing but a trick of the light. Um, <laughs> so it's, nice. it's, it's, a, it's a well-written book as well. You know, that's just one instance of little kind of humorous types. Um, nice. but there's a chap called Swartman who comes in. He's running a winery, a kind of a vineyard, and he's the real villain towards the end. Ah, right, and, and maybe he's got links with Dutois. But that's, I'm going to stop it there. Okay, well, sounds good. You, you, uh, it's intriguing the way it makes it sound. And there's some, they definitely didn't put any spoilers this time. So lots. Yeah, still I'm learning. You see, we did a course. We did a books boys we, training uh, day uh, on uh, not, not giving spoilers. You know, not giving spoilers. And me myself, then maybe just say something about the plot rather than just like the first page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, PJ, PJ, uh, I look, I found a website. There's a lot of podcast directories and websites and whatever, and I can't remember which one it was, but I found a review website. And I just popped oh. in Books Boys, and on this particular website, we had 27 reviews, and we came out, I think, four and a half stars. So, out of five, really? I'm pretty pretty happy with that, yeah. Nice, well, thanks very much, Trevor. And you just that. know that 26 of those people gave us, you know, good ratings, and one guy was like, there's not enough Twilight or something, you know. <laughs> they, 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 they forgot to review, <laughs> you know, Whips and Chains, the erotic novel or, or something, you know. <laughs> the shame the shame of Donya Petra and her lover boy yeah like what, what yeah people are confused like people are reviewing Spanish things and uh, you know like Wilkie Collins and Balzac and like what, what where's the where's the spark I know, I know what that was that was probably some guy who he was who's into his uh he you know he's into his uh Scandinavian literature and is very upset that you know it's all just, it's all just Spanish French <laughs> And you know, a twinkle of uh, a tiny bit of Italian Russian. We cover Russian, yeah. Old English, not modern English, just old. Maybe it's a modern Englishman just upset that you know you're not reviewing modern novels in the sixties. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know there were modern books, but I'm reading some, so I'm, I'm reading two modern books this month. I should say, you know, we cover English books, Irish books, French books, Spanish books, a little bit of Latin American, Russian, and um, we've covered uh, a Nigerian author before. Um, like we're, we're open to reviewing, you know, books. You've covered some, some, you know, Asian books as well. We're open to really anything. Yeah, really are. Like I, I always actually, you know, this, I've always make a point of discovering new authors from new countries because it's another way of discovering more about that country. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I learned languages. Um, I don't know. I've told you this before, but I've told you, I told the listeners that I'm, I'm learning a language, one language a month. And people think I'm a bit. But that insane. sounds ridiculous. Like that sounds implausible. Yeah, but I'm learning a language a month, and I don't speak it perfect, for God's sake. But it makes me learn a lot about the culture. Uh, I I connected with the other languages. It's my job as well as a linguist. 
and just with reading and and also learning languages i find it's another way of becoming more open to the world you know it's not just it's not just one country one it's also there's so much stuff i'd still like to read from countries where i've never read uh, yeah literature like like i've seen lots of great korean movies for example and that showed me something about korean you know the world but no korean literature whatsoever you know so yeah, or I've never read anything from a stoner, for example. So, like, I, I'm very also open to new stuff and even more new stuff. And well, yeah, before, such, before, such good stuff. before we get okay. to the last book of the episode, PJ, Alfred has has found a bufanda. Um, he was very worried that he was in your bad books there um, for taking all the money oh, and not, not talking I'm on the not show. Sorry. So he's got himself a bufanda. And you're right. That, you're right. Yeah, there we go. You yeah. forgiven. <laughs> oh by the way i just want to mention the language i've learned this month is faris if anyone has heard of it oh, wow the faris islands are between iceland and and scotland lovely scandinavian languages because i've done the scandinavian i've done swedish norwegian danish and icelandic now into faris and if anyone I just want to mention if anyone wants me to review a foreign language book i'd be more than interested because it's very hard to find books in faris it's, it's, it's not a very well spoken language mm. so i've sent them to the headquarters and I'll do my best to decipher the uh, old Icelandic Fari script. All and right. You... On to my last book, then. Uh, this one's by an Irish author, uh, PJ. Ooh, la la. A, a Martin like Trainer. Um, and but he, he's from Ireland. He currently lives in Lisbon, in Portugal. Very nice of him. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> And Good this work. is book one in the Fall of the Ancients series. And I, I believe we're this is the first book to come out, and we're waiting on the others still, I believe. Um, it's called The Logos Prophecy. Okay? And nice. again, we're talking, you know, 300 pages. Um, mm. okay? This one I just finished a few days ago, and this was just fantastic. So all four books, all four books that I've read this month, you know, we don't really do star ratings on individual books, but if, if I was put down to give the books a rating, I think all four would be somewhere in the four to five star range. You know, I think they're all all very good books this month. Nice, nice. That's good. I haven't always had those episodes, so that's good. Yeah. I'm happy with my book too, so it's been a good good reading month. Fantastic. So we have um, two main chaps, right? We have a guy called Jordan, and he's a bit of a sciencey, you know, nerdy type character. He runs a science magazine, but he's also a bit of a reserved, um, shy type. Okay, mm. five thousand pounds gets donated into his account. He doesn't know who from or why, and he gets oh. some anonymous messages saying, "You know, come to town and, and we'll meet you." But no one turns up, and then eventually a, a lady does turn up in his house, and she's very intimidating to him. And uh, turns out oh. she's maybe reading his mind or planting suggestions in his mind. Okay? Oh, so that's okay. Jordan. That's very intriguing. Yeah. I like it so far. Wow. Now we have Ari. And Ari, um, she's a conspiracy theorist nut, right? All she does is, like, she's obsessed with every conspiracy theory going. She runs a blog under a pseudonym. The blog is called Hard Truth by Harper T. Jackson. Jordan sees the blog and says, oh, she's ridiculous. She's the worst type of conspiracy theory nut, okay? Right. And she wears her The Truth Is Out There t-shirt and, you know, every kind of trope she's she's doing, Illuminati, you know, everything else. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that these two people have in common is they start getting this symbol sent to them, this kind of ancient symbol, which is some kind of circle with a 
Tracel and, and a cross in it. So some kind of ancient, ancient symbol is popping up on their phones and, and computers and things like that. And they wonder where is it's coming from? Are we being hacked? You know, I don't remember opening this web page or whatever. Where, where are these coming from? Yeah, yeah. It turns out that these two people are going to eventually meet and that they have a linked destiny. Okay. Oh, well, I like it so far. Yeah. Wow. And this is an ancient symbol. And my God, the, the amount of grind that this book covers in 300 pages is astonishing. Um, wow. So they're, this girl, Ari's half Cambodian and half Chinese. And okay. the, it turns out, this is a slight spoiler, but it's maybe it's important. It turns out that in Cambodia, um, there was at one time an American soldier died there. And that American soldier was the grandfather of Jordan. And who oh. watched him die? But the mother of oh Ari. And that caused oh, these wow. families to be kind of spiritually connected. Uh, hold on, not too many spoilers now. That's the kind of story I like, yeah. Oh, I like that. And this is only the first few pages. Like, as I said, this, this book goes... So much happens in this book. It turns out that a lot of the conspiracy theories are true. That's the big first twist. Right, okay. And there's these two ladies that come to help them, and they're called Gnostics. And there's also 12, sorry, 13 families called Aryans. Not not the the you know the, the one that the, the Nazis yeah. talked about, but uh, they do they do say that it's an older word. Um, yeah, and no, what I, I've is, heard of it. You know, it's very different. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. the families who are actually running everything in the world, and this has been going on for thirteen thousand years. So it turns out that thirteen thousand years ago was a kind of paradise, a kind of Garden of Eden type society, and the conspiracy theories that Ari believed about an ancient global civilization were true. But she thought it was aliens, and it wasn't aliens. It was just, you know, uh, these 13 families in Earth. And they have these long uh, generations and generations of families involved in keeping power and control. And the Gnostics are trying to have a long-term plan to fix things and bring about a paradise again one day. And they recruit these two people as star children to help them. And I don't really want to say any more. Right, okay, sounds great. It's really good, that on the plot that's the one i'd like to read the most i mean that's great it i mean it covers they're they're traveling all around the world at, at times they're in cambodia they're in santorini they're in dublin oh i like point. that when they do that yeah. yeah yeah um ari has a friend who goes to dublin and sets up his music business there Matthias, that she kind of loves but well i'm not going to spoil it but she thinks she's in love <laughs> with her friend he's in dublin um so all this kind of stuff's happening. They they learn that they can. There's these abilities to manipulate people's minds, and that's how people have been, you know, maybe kept control for so long. And these this family are these thirteen families are also manipulating economies, natural disasters, everything throughout the world. So every world problem they've caused. Okay, every economic problem. That's intriguing. Yeah. Caused. Natural disasters. Somehow they were behind it. Um, the two world wars they caused you know the economic crash in 2008 covid everything and it brings together so much history and mythology and just geography you know just all over the world to bring about these amazing stories but it's also the humor ari's very much you know constantly swearing and you know uh, and very rude whereas jordan's this timid kind of nerdy chap and seeing their interactions together is funny and then the two gnostics are these kind of polite you know, Asian ladies who are serving tea 
and it's almost like the, the the way the different characters interact is very funny because they're all very yeah it's a great mix right you know so it's a it's a fantastic mix um and the only the only the only it's not a spoiler but the only clue i'm gonna give is that there is a third gnostic and we don't know who he is and we're gonna maybe find out later who he is and what he's doing but he's doing some okay, other cool. project okay so this one is i would i would recommend all all four of this month's books but it's one of those ones, you know, we read books before okay. where I don't want to give too much away in the plot. Like when we did Gallery of Mothers and those ones, the Latshaw books, it's almost like just talk about the, the first quarter or the first half because otherwise, like so much is happening in the book that, you, you know, you just need to read it, I think. Okay, I think we're just getting a phone call here. Uh, PJ, two seconds. I'm just going to see who's on the line. Hello, you're through the books, boys. You've got Hello. deep on the lines. It's uh, it's Martin Trainer. Oh, hello, um, Martin. It's so lovely to hear from you. And how just you guys? perfectly timed as we were we were just chatting about uh, your book, The Logos Prophecy. Oh, uh, here that's good. You can see you got it there behind you uh, as well. Okay. So, Funny you say that. I've got one in front of me too. There we go. So you're not an <laughs> imposter. <laughs> no, no, just in case. <laughs> just because there's questions. We chatted a bit about the, the plot there, so I'm not going to kind of bore you by repeating all that, but I want to ask you... Well, the first question I really want to ask is when's book two coming out? Actually, I should ask that later, but I, I need it. <laughs> okay, well, book two, book two is slotted. I haven't written it yet. Right. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, it's slotted for January 25. We decided to leave a two-month, uh, sorry, a two-year gap between the books to, okay. to, let, to let, the, let, the, let the various um, time points of each book settle. Ah, right, right, okay. Yeah, because the book does catch up to current times right so we we want to um you know march 2023 for example is mentioned you know so i guess that makes sense um you're gonna make me wait two years which has just broken my heart (laughs) i i love this i really really love this book what made you want to write i mean because let's be honest this tackles a lot i mean it says it right on the back here thirteen thousand years of exploitation three months to put it right so there's a lot of material in these 300 pages you know what what made you undertake this like how did you go about that this was this was a brainchild of a um i used to have a collaboration with ed greenwood who is the creator behind um forgotten realms dungeons and dragons he started right. a publishing company and i got kind of brought into that and i met one of the people who were involved with it who, who came sadly died a couple of years ago but he was my agent for a while uh sal nancy in canada and when i was over visiting ed we were doing some we i went to canada as we did some brainstorming for other stories uh we were sitting out having coffee one morning me and sal and we discovered that we had a, a joint fascination not for conspiracy theories as such but for the people who believe them. Mm-hmm. And so then we started saying, what, what if they were all real? What if it was all a big thing that was set, set in motion a long, long time ago? And everything from ship changing lizards being the queen to, um, you know, slightly, not credible, but slightly more believable ones, like, for <laughs> example, the ancient, the ancient civilization theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and we, we went down the hole and then we forgot about it and then we carried on some other business and then the tag thing kind of went to one side and then about 2018, Sal reached out to me and said, um, do you want to write that book? As a matter of fact, do you want to write a whole universe? Um, 
So then he said, give me 64 pages of a treatment, which we did, encompassing from 13,000 years ago to <laughs> 20,000 years in the future. And uh, this was the first book that came out of it. This was basically the now part of it, where we uh, we discover what conspiracy theories were for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So does that mean the next book is moving forward into the future then? The next book's moving it back into 13,000 years ago. Oh, right. We're going back. Okay. You're going back. And then the third book is 20,000 years in the future. Wow. Okay. The so idea all is together, that it all ties nicely together. You're covering a massive... I mean, I thought 13,000 years was enough time to cover, but that's just not enough for you. <laughs> You've got to go no. straight into the future. Well, basically, <laughs> you mentioned that 13,000 years um, and three months to get it right. That's why I tried to do a... a very fast-paced book because, yeah. you know, this has been going on for 13,000 years, but the time's up. That's it. Uh, yeah. It's make or break. Now. It certainly gives you, because it had it had me a little bit anxious at times because I'm thinking, like, we've got the three months and I'm also thinking, like, oh, we've got 100 pages left and I'm thinking, what's going to happen? Like, we got to, do we have time to kind of get to things? And obviously, yeah, of course we do. You've got to, you know, resolve. But it gives you that kind of feeling of pace and that kind of, you almost feel the, this, the fear of the characters, like, are we going to get this done on time? And obviously I'm not going to go into too many, like, spoilers, but we do have the slot, the snag with Ari, who kind of becomes demotivated towards the end for one reason or another, and um, I'll not say why, so that I'm thinking, oh no, we're not going to make it, we're not going to get it done. So I really like that, and I was, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking... I mean, you know, is this going to work? And then it does. And it just comes together. It just comes together perfectly, you know? So I think it's it's very, very well written. And the pacing is perfect. Because as I said to you before, even from the beginning, it just hits you like, boom, we're off. There's no messing around, you know? Um, I didn't want to... Um, yeah, the, the the key thing for me when I wanted to pace the book, I I... I... I, I tried certain things. There's there's certain chapters that didn't go in, and I tried certain other approaches, and right. I tried to, to give the kind of slow build kind of idea and more puzzles and more stuff mm. like that. And then I realized very quickly that you know if time's running out, they they and the powers that be and us on on all sides will be wanting to move very quickly to yeah. either succeed or put a bullet in it. You know, and uh, particularly so I had this mental picture of instead of traveling around the world they're hopping from site to site mm-hmm. it is they, and they do right get around very very quickly but i think it, i think it paces perfectly um the conspiracy theory thing you i suppose you've sort of answered it but i really wanted to ask you how you got into that and i suppose i was wondering are you into any conspiracy theories yourself or is it just perfectly an outside you know looking in perspective it is purely an outside looking in perspective that said i am down the rabbit hole and then, <laughs> now you're you're in <laughs> yeah uh, i was down there anyway and then i went for, researching this book i went further and further further. like the 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 wealth of research i did on this there's only about one percent of it in the book wow um, and even reading it it comes across that you've had to do a lot of research just in terms of history geography there's some mythology you know astrology everything's in there there's a lot of uh we're seeing that you've had to do a lot of work to get it, and you're and you're saying that even only a small, a small portion of that. Even a small was... fraction, because there's there's as everything you know is you know you, you know the common ones, the flat Earth theories, uh, the the lizard people theories. But whenever you branch off into certain things like ancient aliens or ancient civilizations, there's offshoot branches of that as well. Mm. There's there's like a 
there's like a, what can you say, there's an academic argument going on within the non-academic conspiracy theory world of, yeah. of what the true conspiracy is, you know, <laughs> and that yet again, you end up going up a tangent and you're down another hole. I just love it. I just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the people who create them. And originally I was fascinated is do the people who do all this work and put it out there in various YouTube videos and all do they wholeheartedly believe in this? Is this what they've dedicated their life to it? How much of themselves? Yeah, been? that's the question you always wonder with conspiracy theories, with, you know, cults, with all that kind of stuff is do the people run on it, buy into it, or is it purely there to to fool other people and, and manipulate? And you never, we don't know, I suppose. Well, you, you know, yeah, you don't know. But let's take, for example, the, the Flat Earth one. One of my favourite ones of the Flat Earth thing. Is like you know, you know. Realistically, my, my to to quote Father Dougal and Father Ted, you know, oh. oh, come on now, you don't believe in that now, do you? You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's the, the whole prospect of it's ludicrous. Like the guy's writing it on his phone. Where? How does he get to the satellite signal? Is the satellite on a pole? You know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so I, I go along those <laughs> lines. But yeah, when you read about the flat earthers, like there's a guy who gave his life for it. He went up in a rocket to ten thousand feet. He could have gone up in a plane. I'm being even higher, but he went up on a rocket that he built himself to to, to <laughs> prove that the Earth was flat. And um, yeah, he obviously oh. buys that much into it. Um, that's that's dedication, I suppose, of of a, of a sort. <laughs> um, I want to talk a wee bit about the characters because I don't know what you hear about them. Because so the two main characters, obviously, Ari and Jordan. Um, I like Jordan a lot. Maybe I empathize with him a little bit more but he is the one that's a little bit more grounded and he's kind of got his scientific background i like ariel i mean initially i think oh my god she's just a loud mouth and what but then you get to like her as you go along and you see the way they interact together and it's lovely and and her feelings for her friend and everything are are, are delightful but um what was the did you try to make them as different as possible is that was that the intention i can't speak for any other writers but Whenever I start with a character, I have a fairly rough idea. It's a bit like meeting somebody on the street. You kind of form an opinion of them, kind of. Yeah. And then the more you get to know them, you know. And then some kind, sometimes they surprise you more mm-hmm. as time goes on. And that basically goes, I didn't really know Ari until I started writing her. And then I got to know her more. Uh, Jordan is a bit, bit more along the lines of people who I would know. Um, yeah. You know, who are academic, but they're into weird stuff. But yes, from an yes. academic point of view, they find it fascinating, a bit like myself. So Jordan is a lot of me and Jordan in that, you know, um, the idea not that so not that hypnosis is can cure all, but why does it do certain things? You know, so that's how he comes along. Ari, I love to death. I had <laughs> so much fun writing her. It was unbelievable because she just opened up for me in front of me as well. Um Oh, she's and, the fun one for sure. And to Jordan initially was uh, the plan behind Jordan was really for him to ground Ari, and mm-hmm. it worked out the other way around. When he came in to ground Ari, he ended up Ari ended up drawing him out. Yeah, and it's nice to see how slowly it like he accepts some things, but he's still like uh, okay, but this still doesn't make sense. I still I don't like it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, even to the you know, even even all the way through, he, he still won't admit to the things that he's witnessed. Essentially, 
you know, and yeah. he's, he's, he, you know, statements like, you know, I've seen it now. I know it now, but yeah. 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 Tell me about Lena then. What's the inspiration for her? Because she crops up, I guess, around the middle and she initially comes in. And I'm thinking, who is this badass? You know, I mean, the first time we see her, she wants to just attack these two girls that she's just seen, you know, I think it's in the pub. And then we don't see her for a little while until she pops back up. And obviously she's got the contract essentially to take care of these two. Um, but she's a very strong character in her own right. But at the same time, she's dealing with a lot of issues as well, or maybe demons even. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, um, with somebody who does that kind of job for a living, as in murdering people, mm. there has to be something on hinge there. There has yeah. to be some troubled past. I, I you know, the, the, you know, it's, there has to be some genesis for her to be so callous hard and ruthless um but also with the right nudge sorry to borrow from the book with <laughs> the right nudge she can make mistakes yeah and in her line of business it's not good um she was obviously she her the plan for lena was to basically be the instrument for the caucuses um exploits and to try to stop the, what, yeah. the, the events and the caucus so of course was, being she, the 13 the 13 families the 13 just, families yeah, yeah. Uh, and they that you know the last thing they want is to lose control and rather than going in all guns blazing they they have a precision knife a stiletto if you like mm-hmm. that will go in and that's lena um and she's just an employee so that's it she's an employee yeah. who does a contract and then walks away but this one hasn't been achievable yeah because of the what you mentioned, the nudging, right? So you can kind of, these Gnostics have these abilities to put little ideas in your mind and, and little nudges, but that's part of it all. But I don't want to give too many detail, you know, spoilers in the details. Um, I do want to ask you, though, the last kind of thing I want to ask you is, how realistic do you think this is from a perspective of, let's imagine we're 13,000 years ago and we're in this kind of almost Eden-like, you know, paradise, global civilization, whatever it is. And the selfishness of certain people takes over and ruins it all. I mean, I feel like that's probably quite realistic. I mean, do you do you feel that way yourself? Uh, yeah, we wanted to grind it. This is all back to that original conversation. Is that you know, remember we were saying, me and Sal were saying, what if all the conspiracy theories were true, but they've all been orchestrated by humans? Like there yeah. is no aliens, there is no pan-dimensional beings. This is humans who have done this as a control mechanism on the back of. So it's it's muddy in the waters. Let's give you politics. I'll give you politics and religion, and and we'll change it a few years, and I'll give you something else, and then I'll muddy the waters up by saying things like, you know, well, is that real and is that not real? Mm-hmm. And and yes, I feel long. Well, there's there's fairly good evidence that the whole Project Blue Book in the United States about UFOs was just a, um, you know, uh, a ploy to take eyes away from certain uh, munitions that they were building and, and right. stealth planes and stuff. Um, so, yes, I do believe that there has been some kind of orchestrated um, oligarch, if you like, um, control of the world. I think we're living in it now. I think the corporations were there. And, you know, we had the robber barons of the class. We had the feudal system before that. It's easy to I, think this stuff as well. 13,000 you know? years of concerted, concerted same thing, mm. probably not. 
for the last sure. Yeah. It's it's easy to think the stuff when you see like the increasing levels of billionaires and all the kind of stuff that's going on today. The fact that the media takes us from one crisis to another, you know, and we just work through. We've got COVID, we've got Brexit, we've got Putin and Ukraine, we've got Trump, and there's just this endless cycle of tragedy after tragedy. You know, uh, I've yet to turn on the news and they just say we're all good today, lads. You know, so there's always something going on. So well, it's the squirrel, isn't it? It's, I think I can't remember which newspaper. It's a British newspaper, and I can't remember which one it is. But it has a section, and I think it might be an online one, where it says, while you were distracted by this today, these are the 10 bills that were passed in the House of Commons. Or, uh, in, you know, the things that are slipping under the radar. Yes. You know, so we're keeping, so it's, uh, yeah, oh, squirrel, look over there. Blah, 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 yeah, get these through, lads. And usually, yet again, as you said, it's to to bolster um, some level of, of uh, the oligarch system that's... Yeah. Uh, that owns all the media and everything. So I think, do I believe there's 13 families running it? Probably not. But do these types of things happen? Yeah, I think they do. You know, and that's um, that's why it's, it is realistic. And as you say, it is grounded in, in reality. I'm going to let you give, do you want to give a quick plug for your website or where people can buy the book before we let you go? Oh, yes. Um, um, you can buy the book anyway. You can buy the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the book department, basically anywhere that sells books. Uh, and my website is martintrainer.com. That's martin, M-A-R-T-I-N-T-R-E-A-N-O-R.com. Uh, and you get all oh, this whole lot of stuff on there. There's old interviews and stuff. And there's a couple of free reads so, and plenty of links to the book. Awesome. So. I'll probably link in the show notes anyway. And I'll ask you then, before you go, the final question we ask everyone, which is, if there's any existing book you wish you'd been the person to write, what would it be? Boko's Pendulum by Umberto Eco. Okay. I don't have, I haven't read any Umberto Eco, but I have one on my shelf. Um, it's coming up in the next few months. I just haven't quite gotten around to it yet. Um, so that'll be interesting. Give me the quick sort of 30 second synopsis of that one. Uh, it's a guy, a bit right up my street, similar to this. Um, it's about a guy who that works in a publishing company and he does tabletop books and he's bored and he decides to essentially create a secret society only to discover that it exists and it begins haunting them oh so it already exists okay yeah. that, that sounds like it's pretty up your street perfect yeah <laughs> <laughs> well martin it's been lovely having you on the show thank you so much for calling oh, in. thank you very much for having me on no problem have a great evening take care cheers now bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye. so guys if you want to get in contact Go to your booksboys.com. That's where we've got all of our links and our bits and pieces. You can also email us, booksboys at hotmail.com. And we're on the Instagrams and things at booksboys podcast. Um, also, we've got links to our other projects on there. You can buy a t-shirt if you want to get a t-shirt that says, you know, um, keep calm and read your Dickens. Or is this a holiday? Is this a holiday? <laughs> <laughs> or, um, you know, you can also listen to our music, the 2022 tapes and just some stuff on Spotify and everything. So it's all there on, on booksboys.com. Um, and you get your your little episodes of, of Playboys and Dark Place Dreamers are coming out for free as well. But don't forget, go to patreon.com slash booksboys for all the latest content. We did a short episode, I think, PJ. Yeah, it's pretty short, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to close... I mean, I don't know if it's video. It's good or it's good or bad. So today, this time we got a short episode. The last one went very long, so there's yeah. a bit of a balancing out. Yeah, we're gonna close with a song, and it's a song that we've both. I've got two options, and you're not gonna remember either of them. So it's gonna be an interesting pick. Oh. We made two songs together. 
back in 2015, I believe. Um, one of them is called Vanishing into Midnight, and the other is called The New Planet. And I thought those were appropriate themes based on that last book. And it's potluck. You're going to pick which one you would like us to close with. Uh, Vanishing into Midnight. Okay, there we go. And so if the DJ would spin that record, we'll be back in about a month. See
It is done the end. A life full of sin. Books Boys was presented by The Dean and PJ Burke in association with Thaddeus Penguin Productions. Ah. This episode was brought to you by our sponsor, Hunting for Botanists. If you would like to get in touch, you can email us at booksboys at hotmail.com or visit us at booksboys.com. The intro uses Driving in the 70s from the Of Soundtracks and Garage Bands EP by Trapdoor. And the outro uses Dog's Light by Bravo Max from the album of the same name. All music used is either podsafe or used with permission. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash booksboys, get the show early, and all of our bonus Boy shows. And you can also check out our music on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you kindly for listening to us. Please tell your friends. And come back next time for another episode of Books Boys. Read some books! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.